Yeah, so I was saying, I think you need to just stop all the Bezos hate, Lucas. Like, I really don't appreciate you talking about my employer like that, mm. if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, I really did. Dude, I like, I, it's like almost like Facebook now at this point where I, it's so out of my life <laughs> that I don't think about it. And then when I hear it come up, I'm just like, oh, yeah, like that still is a thing. Like uh, the other day, someone that Christina knows like went like, you know, Facebook official with their with their relationship and her friend like sent her a picture of it. And she's like, well, they're they're public with their relationship. And, and I was like, dude, I totally forgot. Like at one point in my life, seeing someone's relationship status change on Facebook was like a huge moment. Yeah. Well, yeah, you would you would change your status from like single to uh occupied or whatever the title is on there <laughs> occupied <laughs> i don't know what they call it i've never i've never had the the chance to do it <laughs> you've never changed your status <laughs> dude the the best ones were always like from a uh, in a relationship which is what it was not occupied <laughs> i'm currently hey man, occupied uh, with wait, someone wait a second uh, my my program is kind of tripping up and i want to make sure that the audio is good i'm going to pause it all right all right. Um, what were we? What were we, we were talking about? The Facebook relationship shit. The, yes. The the best part about like any time that it was like worth talking about someone's relationship status changing, it was because uh, it went from in a relationship to it's complicated. And those were always <laughs> the those were always when I was like, oh, okay, oh, this is boy. getting interesting now. It's getting juicy. It's getting juiced. But yeah, man, it's just so it's, it's the same thing with, with Facebook and, you know, with like Amazon stuff that I'm just like, it's like, because it's not in my life anymore, I just don't think about it. And it's crazy how much I used to think about Facebook before, like how, how much of a presence that had in my life before I got rid of it. I mean, yeah. I I mean, Facebook has changed. When did you delete your account? Like, when did you get off Uh, of Facebook? Probably three years ago at this point. I guess it would be kind of the same. I mean, Facebook for a while has really just been like viral videos and memes, mm-hmm. you know, and like news stories and stuff less than about like personal, oh, my profile and these are my thoughts, you know, and this is my status. That's that's kind of why I got off of it, man, because it was, it was so much uh, like drama on there and like, yeah, everyone, everyone thinking like they they know the answer. They know the truth. You know, people sharing articles that are clearly fake articles and then they just don't do the due diligence to fucking, I mean, my mom included, like there was just so many people posting on there that I'm just like, do you guys even know, like, have you guys done any research before you just like got outraged and posted this onto Facebook? So a bunch of other people could see it and then they get outraged and they share it and then they outrage a whole bunch of other people. It was just like, it was just such a cycle of like negativity and just, it felt like a toilet. Yeah, it's like, why the fuck am I on here? <laughs> so it was, it was easy for me to leave, man. Really easy decision, and it's crazy that like I literally haven't thought about it in three years. I mean, man, literally the only thing keeping me on is like, you know, just shows and music stuff. Right. You know. Yeah. And like, it sucks because it's such it, a great tool for promotion. It's well, it's not a great tool, but it is one of the only ones. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's that's. That's more like it. <laughs> they kind of have a monopoly. Everyone must know this by now, but like if you're a band and you're like trying to promote an event, like about 20 to 25% of the people that follow your band page are going to see it unless you promote it. 
Exactly. When you yeah, they, they purposefully it. don't send it to your whole audience. Yeah, and it, and yeah. even when you promote it, I'm convinced that they just make up the numbers of like views and stuff. I wouldn't be surprised because because we've we've promoted shows sometimes, and we'll get like Facebook will say like two thousand views, three thousand views for like an album, and then it'll be like two comments, right? Three likes, and it's like that that kind of that doesn't add up. You know, yeah, they're doing it on purpose. Like it's it's a uh, the only way Facebook makes money is through advertising. So like they're gonna get ad revenue from anyone who has a page, quote unquote, on Facebook that they know that it's like if you have a page, it's gonna be either a business or a group or you know an organization or whatever that you're gonna want to promote. That you're willing, you're gonna be willing to spend that twenty bucks to promote something for three days to to so you make sure it gets to your full audience. It's crazy when I learned about that. That like if unless you pay for promotion that it's not going to reach your full audience. I remember thinking yeah. like, man, that, that was such a turning point for me. Like when I was really looking into their business practices, like much le- like with all the negativity that was on there aside, all the times I got on there just to get upset with something that I read or, or saw or, you know, whatever. It's like, yeah, with all that removed, it was still like their business practices were fucking are, are horrible. And he's just, I mean, Zuckerberg is more evil than Bezos. Like, fucking Bezos is a piece of shit, but Zuckerberg is, is, that dude is legitimately trying to run the world. I mean, yeah, he's doing deals with, you know, did deals with, like, Russia and uh, China, I believe, and just selling information yeah. and stuff like that. And Yeah. You know, people, people are all worried about this vaccine and, like, putting microchips, you know, and, like, we're going to know everything. But, like, Facebook has made sure that, the government already kind of knows everything about us and having smartphones makes it so everyone knows, you know, we're already being tracked. We're already being stalked for information. That's how we get personalized ads. That's why whenever you look up, like, you know, you, you look up a couple pictures of a boat, suddenly you're going to get ads for boats. Well, okay. Here's the thing though, that because I'm in advertising and that is a practice that has been going on for a long time. And that's through cookies on your browser. So it's like, it's, it's called retargeting. So it's like you go to a, a website, you look up a product. If they have the right tag or whatever on that page, you're going to get retargeted with, with an ad for that same product. Cause it's just like, it's well, here's here. Well, here's another thing is that recently I've, I've realized on my phone, like I'll install a new app or something. Uh, and there'll be an option that pops up when it says like, uh, you know, this app would like to track your cookies or your location. And the only options I have are yes and ask app not to track. Right. And that sure doesn't seem like a no to me. <laughs> yeah. It's like ask the app nicely to not track you and maybe it won't. <laughs> it's like that seems that seems like a horrible like that's that doesn't seem legal well it's gonna it should be changing pretty fucking soon i think um like advertisers are gonna like cookies are going away uh in the next like year or two years i think and yeah so the ability to track you through cookies is gonna go out the window obviously they're gonna find another way to do it but like california started um i think it was called like gdpr it might have started in Germany, I'm not 100% sure, but I know California adopted it first, 
where it was just like data protection. Like people can't track you without you giving them permission. Websites have to ask you to allow cookies. Um, and advertisers or uh, websites are not allowed to sell your information to advertisers. Like that's a new thing that's going to start rolling out now because like people are realizing like there was no oversight over the tech industry. Like they were just fucking, it was the wild west. Well, they for were doing years and years. Dude, for years. I remember when I first got into advertising, how freaky it was learning about all the different ways that we can reach a customer, but not just that, but like all the different ways that we can get their fucking information. Like I can, there's so much information about you that I can just like pay someone to give me. And then I can use that to advertise to you. Well, is this, is this, are these new laws that are hopefully coming into light soon and in getting used? Is that going to make your job harder? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's going to make it a lot harder. Cause like the, the way that we, the, the way that my company makes most of their, uh, like closes most of their deals is through retargeting is through like someone coming to our site. And then we just like bombard them with retargeting. And we're just like, don't forget, like you looked at this thing, like, don't you want to buy it? Like, mm-hmm. let me remind you that you had this in your cart and you didn't finish, you know, like stuff like that. Right. Um, and but that's even so totally I'm, change. I'm, even so I, I bet you're still completely for it. Absolutely, dude. I mean, like, like I have always felt a like a little tinge of like uh, guilt and like knowing like this is a little inappropriate. Like the way that that advertising, especially online advertising, is conducted. Like it's right. it's not. It's like a it's it's creepy. It's really yeah. creepy. And like yeah. people would even like you know companies that would come in and be like, hey, advertise through us, like you know, put your ads through our third party, you know, service, because then we have this, this information to like customer information that no one else has. And, and like, they would tout, you know, like their data basically. And then they would even say like, they would admit, yeah, this is pretty, this is pretty freaky, but like we can do this and we can do this. And I'm just like, so y'all know it's freaky, you know, it's like kind of inappropriate or, uh, you know, like you're not protecting someone's privacy, but you're like, fuck it. I'm still going to make money and sell it to you. I mean, well, yeah. Cause that's how this country works. That's how the world works. That's how the world works. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to change soon and we'll see what happens with it. But, uh, I absolutely applaud it. Like, you know, I, I work for the man and I hate it. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Same here. Amazon employee. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, I'm basically I you know working in tech. It's just like you realize how fucking like soulless tech the tech industry is. Yeah, it, it, well, and you know, like like you did. Sometimes it's just easier to run from it all. You know, it's easier. Uh, aside from these like websites, just like lying from you. Yeah, man. I, uh, you know, I sometimes I just I don't want to stay. You know. And right. it like, I'm so stressed out. I just want to hit the floor and I'm like I mean, trying to look, trying to we, break the habit. You know, all we want to do is find somewhere we belong, you know? Yeah. You got to like look internally and like act from the inside, you know? Right. Cause, cause look, if you're not going to listen to yourself, nobody else nobody's, is listening. Nobody's listening. You know? Yeah, I know. Uh, and this, you know, this whole, the whole like last, uh, like 10 minutes or so of the podcast has just been our forward. Into... If, if I'm being honest, and you know what, like halfway through, I was kind of numb to the whole thing. Mm. I kind of, I kind of stopped listening. 
Yeah, you know? I felt like I was going to faint. And at one point. Yeah, and we just you know what? We just got that new Audacity update. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, is figure figure point oh nine, I think it's I think it's called. Was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um figure point oh nine. Great, great update. Um and this has been a really great uh session so far. What's yeah. up, buddies? Welcome to the Earbuds Podcast. <laughs> this is a show where two very good friends talk about very good albums for a very good amount of time. I am your boy, Brett Bush's chicken water cup, Hanrahan. With me, as always, is Lucas, the one, the only, the Burger King Mm. uh, Intracovs. What was yours? The chicken, Jimmy's chicken? Bush's chicken water cup. That sounds delicious. Yes. uh, They actually put bits and pieces of fried chicken in there to give it a little more extra flavor. I might be getting some fried chicken tonight, and I'm excited. What do uh, what do people call us? Well, when I went to the bushes just a couple hours ago, they called us the odd couple of podcasts. Hmm. Uh, but then, you know, right across the street is the Burger King, and hmm. the king himself came over, and he demanded that they rescind, rescind their statement uh, because... He calls us the pod couple of oddcasts. I like that. Well, it's just, you know, it's hard to choose between two. Sometimes you're in the mood for one. Sometimes you're in the mood for the other. So it's kind of hard to choose which one to be. Well, I'm going to go with the pod couple of oddcasts because I'm a pun guy. Right. I, well, you know what? I guess I'll be on the odd couple of podcasts. I guess right, that's well, the side I'll be on. I guess now we're officially ear foes again. <laughs> It it's gonna happen at least once every couple episodes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, because we're not actually real friends. This is more of this is definitely more of a business than anything else. Yeah, like I said, like we pay each other, which it <laughs> which doesn't make it doesn't yeah. make much financial sense. No, you give me fifty dollars, I give you forty five. So it's like at least I make five bucks every time. Yeah, but I actually do steal an extra five dollars from you without when you're not looking. I just reach in your wallet and pull out a crisp Abraham from you. Fucking what? A crisp Lincoln. You're pulling Lincolns? Out I'm pulling of me? Lincolns from you. Yeah. Well, stop. I need a. I need that five bucks, dude. You, you know that. You know that. Uh, gust of wind that slightly uh, blankets the nape of your neck. In the middle of the night? Yeah, I just thought that was my grandpa. Nope. It's your grandpa and me. <laughs> I get I get another Lincoln for him for, for the help. Oh, so now I'm losing five dollars. You're losing ten by now. Yeah. You're giving my grandpa money. Yeah. Well, you know, he deserves it. I mean you can't take it with you. Well, we'll see about that, won't we? Yeah, we will see. And I, I wonder like you know, we we were kind of like having weird talking, you know, saying weird statements right before you did the intro. Like, uh, I don't. Does that relate to this album that we're talking about at all today? Album? Oh, we're not talking about an album today, huh? Is that what? Is that I'm, what? Oh my god! Is that what you've thought this whole time? Ye- oh man, I thought we were. Oh god, I thought we were just improving. I thought we were just going back and forth. We were just pl- we were just treading the boards. 
virtually. Yeah. I I this whole time I was in I was in costume in the theater. <laughs> right. I have my script, I have my screenplay. You went you went with it pretty nicely for for not knowing it yourself. Yeah, here's the thing, man. Like it's the fact that I can't see you strikes again. I can't you ha- you don't have a camera right now. I am handicapped in being mm. able to play along with you because I'm also in costume. I spent an hour on my fucking makeup. <laughs> I've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race for 3 days straight. <laughs> I just want to be like Raven. Oh, another another Luis influenced life choice. I see. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's changed my life in dramatic ways. Well, uh, I mean, are, do you have stage makeup on? Is it is it TV yes. makeup? Like what is it? No, it's stage makeup. It's real dramatic, so okay. people in the back can fucking see it. You know, right, I have old exactly. man makeup on right now. I'm in a dress. I have three wigs on. Well, if you'll if you'll just look under your chair real quick, well, uh, look under you, your couch. Did I, you I give did me something. I I hit a little script in there. Oh it's my god! A, it's titled Meteora, uh, by Lincoln Park. And so if you'll just uh, we, can, we can warm up a little bit if you want, but uh, that's that's mainly what we'll be going through today. Red, yellow, leather, yellow, pleather. <laughs> Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Irish, Irish, Irish wristwatch. Wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Let's We're go. ready. All right. Me, 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 me. So wait, what are we talking about? Uh, this is an album called Meteora by the band Lincoln Park. It is their second uh, album, if I'm not mistaken. Also, their best one, in my opinion. I totally agree. Uh, I my dad played this album whenever ta- when he was taking us to elementary school. So oh, it is man. it's been it's probably one of the more developmental albums in my life if I'm being honest. Dude, you listened to this in elementary school? Yeah, man, my dad was cool. Yeah, he was fucking awesome. Uh I I mean I remember like yeah, he would he would put on the album forward would play in the in the don't stay and I don't know why I don't know how he did that when it was like seven in the morning when he was taking us to elementary school. Yeah, this is a loud fucking record. My dad used to play classical music when I was See, in elementary school. That seems more appropriate. Uh, but yeah, man, this is I've I've been excited to talk about this album. I believe it was the very first one I put on my side of the list of albums to get to. Uh, and it's, it's, I'm, I'm just excited to, to see what you think about it, man. I'm excited to talk about it, man. I remember when this came out, I was, uh, also in elementary school, but I was 15 mm. and yeah. Or well, was, you were, was... you were still getting the hang of the alphabet. It's, it's tough. You know, I, I, I had glasses. I had a learning disability, right? <laughs> So I was a 16-year-old fourth grader, um, killing it. I was the coolest guy in fourth grade. I mean, that's for sure. Like, all the girls liked me. You you snuck us. Uh, we would pay you money, and you would sneak into the gas station and get us Smarties. And we would just kind of crumble them up into powder and, and snort them. Yeah. 
I had friends that legitimately snorted uh, pixie sticks. No, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why <laughs> so that was fucking a thing. dumb. I never understood it, and I was never into like the snorting thing in general. It was just such a weird, like you know, like I got like the candy cigarettes thing. Like I sure. bought those, yeah. you know, like the bubble gum cigars. Like I, I, I can dig that for what it does for you know you as a kid. Fucking <laughs> snorting something like for real. Like I don't, I don't know, man. I didn't get. I never did it. Uh, I never did it. I had good friends that did it, and I don't understand why. I, Lord only knows, but it is one of my most vivid elementary school memories: is getting a pack of Smarties crumbling up on in the on the lunchroom table and just like kids taking turns snorting it up their nose fucking rolling up a lincoln not, like not even that you know they would just put their nose on the table and just like huff jesus it. so wait you you would prep the lines for them and, and then your friends would do it uh i had no part in the in the matter thank oh, you very okay. much well and you that's fucking... going that'll be on the record you said we. I would buy Smarties and cut the like. Didn't you just say that you would buy a Smarties because we were underage? Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, I okay. I was always like, I thought I remember setting up the lines for you guys. Yeah, it was crushing them up, lining them up. You you always you bought the Smarties. You helped us crush them up. Uh, you taught us proper snorting technique, yeah. which most of us didn't listen to. Yeah, man. Back then, I had that like fucking antique little gold. Uh, you know, little s- snorter tube. Right. Yeah. And you yeah. would you you said this is old Bessie, been with me through thick and thin. Yeah, I'm like it's really oxidized on the inside, so you get a little extra you know, <laughs> in every snort. Right. You, you get, get a that little nice extra pixie pixie dust. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, when this album came out, yeah, 16 years old. Um, holy shit, dude! I thought this record when I first heard it back then was like, like five steps ahead of hybrid theory. And I loved hybrid theory. Oh yeah, for sure. But it was clearly way better songs on that, on this record. Well, apparently I, you, did you read through genius at all? I actually didn't this time. Uh, apparently don't stay. And a couple other songs on this record are kind of dedicated to the first record label they had. Uh, okay. Uh, that that did hybrid theory, and that were saying like Mike Shinoda shouldn't rap, and like trying to kind of change their vision and direction. Yeah. And so that that could be a good reason why this album steps so far ahead. Yeah, I you know I didn't know about that part, but I did read that. Um, so after hybrid theory, you know, was a huge hit. They did that remix album, right? And and Mike Shinoda, right. I think it's called Reanimated or Reanimation. Yeah. And Shinoda, I think, produced the whole remix album and obviously like worked with a bunch of people. Fucking the Alchemist like remixed one of their songs on that. That's it's like amazing to me. Yeah, uh, it's and I I before really doing this, I had no idea how big a part of the band Mike Shinoda was. Same here. I had no idea what a what a creative like drive he was in the band yeah i mean he's he's basically the heart and soul of the group it seems that way right or if not the heart and soul at least like the brains you know but i mean he's a big appendage yeah he's he's uh he's like the left leg at least like of the band 
Um, but yeah, it was, I was really surprised to, to see how much involvement he had. And that's what I think is a huge difference between the first record and this one. To me, it made sense because like, since Shinoda produced the, the remix album, everyone, the the whole band kind of realized like, Oh man, we can produce our music moving forward. Like Shinoda had the ear, you know? So like the first album seemed like it was, it was kind of out of their control in terms of production. And then Mm -hmm. this album, like you could tell Shinoda had a way bigger presence in like the writing and recording of the record, because this is like, most of the songs are like him rapping the verses and Chester singing the hooks. Right. And I didn't remember that like back then, like that didn't, that didn't stand out to me and listening to it again. I'm like, this is basically a Mike Shinoda led band on this record. Yeah. It, 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 and really through most of Lincoln parks history, if not all of it, you know, I, I, I'll admit like, I didn't listen to any Lincoln park after this record. Um, you know, except for like the huge massive hits that they had, like you couldn't escape anyway, but right. It, it was really kind of surprising to me how much of a presence he had and how much of a, like a step back Chester took where I was just like, he, Chester has such a great fucking voice. And honestly, like one of my favorite screams of any rock band. Yeah, for sure. He has the best fucking scream, dude. And I mean, dude, some of these songs, right? Like it, the, some of the bridges in these songs specifically uh, where they're just like, you know, uh, that's I knew you were gonna faint is like the best bridge on the record. It's I mean it's so many others like hit the floor, um, and I mean I don't know man like there's some of the hardest parts of this record, and Chester is one of my favorite like singer slash screamers of all he time. Has an, he has a amazing voice. Yeah, amazing. Like or he I mean had um he had an like he he was just. So goddamn talented that like it made so much sense that they that they tapped him to to sing for Stone Temple Pilots. Like Wait, what? Yeah, he sang. He was the the singer for Stone Temple Pilots for like several years. When? I mean, obviously, you know, like Scott Weiland had his fucking issues, um, and I don't know what what stretch he he uh, sang for them, but yeah, he was like their singer at least for for touring um for a while so Dang. like and and think like scott wyland has like such a like you know classic fucking voice like and and chester tap tapping in and doing it like he's just so he chester was so fucking good man yeah man it, it really is it really was a shock when you know when the news came out in 2017 i believe yeah, when when he had committed suicide. Yeah, and in just knowing that and going through this record, uh, you know, it's it's a very angry record. It's very frustrated, very vengeful. Yeah. Uh, and very, you know, I don't think it's it's the most personal. Oh, wait a second. Okay, yeah, I don't think it's very. It's like the most personal specific record. A lot of the lyrics on the songs are very vague, okay. uh, but you can tell it's so emotional and so like it means so much to them. And uh, when I it, like, especially 
spoiler alert, one of my one of my nar nugs, one of my favorite songs on the record, Breaking the Habit. Mm-hmm. I listened to it and like it made me cry, man. I know, man. Like it's it's a uh, I was trying not to read too much into the lyrics when I was listening to it because I felt the same way. I'm just like you can kind of it's so easy to go back with with that hindsight and go like, oh man, like he's talking about he's talking about it here. He's talking about his struggles here. He's, you know, and it's, and I felt the same way that I was, you know, cause you hear Mike Shinoda's lyrics and then you hear Chester's lyrics and you know that they're writing their own stuff and it's all very like on theme. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I saw that Shinoda somewhere had said, you know, like me and Chester obviously are two different people. We've had two different experiences in life, but we both understand loneliness and frustration and anger and, pain and heartbreak and all that stuff. So like we can both come from different perspectives, but, but write about the same thing. And right. so it's because I was thinking, I'm like a lot of Shinoda's lyrics are about being frustrated with someone or being disappointed in yourself or, you know, and, and I'm just thinking like, it's such a, it's such a hard thing to have to listen to in hindsight where, you know, someone like, you know, it takes their own life and you realize like, you go, you go back to their songs and you're like, man, was this a, was this a cry for help? And it was almost like, they're just talking about very human themes, you know, yeah. like very human emotions, something that a, pretty much everyone that listens to this could probably relate to in one way or another. But yeah, there were definitely a few moments listening to this. that I just like, you can't help but think about Chester and, you know, taking his life and then, just the the influence that he had on people and and it's there's a lot of emotion going back to to you know their music yeah for sure and it and it shows you that this you know what he was going through wasn't fixed with the fame and the fortune that in the success that his band ran into and that it's it's a really long-term thing you have to deal with yeah. Because, because in 2017, you know, a, a decade or two after their debut album, and he just, you know, and he and he does that to himself. It's 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 kind of eye. Yeah, it is, man. Like you know, it's the same. It's a weird stretch of stuff like this happening, like with um, Chris Cornell, and uh, you know, you, you think about like little. I don't think little peep like purposefully overdose or anything like that. But you just think about these like artists that it's just, I think just being an artist in general, whether that's in music or any other medium, it's like people are artists for a reason a lot of times. And I think it's, it'd be hard to find an artist that is truly uh, centered and doesn't have any sort of, I mean, you could say the same about really anyone, but it's like, especially artists, like they, like, it's hard to, I think of you, you'd be hard pressed to find an artist that isn't struggling in one way or another with a a sort of emotional or mental, uh, you know, not issue, but something that's, that's plaguing them a little bit. And it's just kind of people who go into art, I think, see it as a outlet. You know, so it's right. like, it's, it's really like we were, when we were talking about Kitty, uh, like some of their songs are, you're just like, wow, like you're being so vulnerable with these lyrics. And, and like you said, like this record might not be the most personal lyrics, like to them, to their personal experiences, but 
they're very vulnerable lyrics, you know, and, yeah. and expressing a lot of different emotions. And yeah, that breaking the habit, man. Um, such a such a great song and so different on the record. There's there's two songs that really stand out on this record. That one and nobody's listening. Yeah, uh, I'll be the first to admit that this is a record. <laughs> there are you know, a couple flyover songs. There are. Uh, I mean, it's it's it all follows the same formula about yes. there's an intro breaks into a lot of music verse rap sing or scream chorus yep you know heavy it, bridge heavy bridge and one more know. chorus and then outro and so it's it's just very odd to me it's very odd to me the placement of these, of these songs because the the two most different songs which are like definitely nobody's listening and like maybe session uh breaking the habit like numb they were all kind of pushed to the end like it it goes uh nobody's listening and then session and then numb when i feel like we could have used session as an interlude between like in the middle of the album yeah you know to kind of break up the monotony of 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 these tracks of this just very straightforward new metal music format yeah yeah but uh, uh, I mean, I agree, even... man. It it almost seems like they uh, they front loaded the album with all the stuff that it's just like, let's give them all the hybrid theory shit up front, right? And then the second half of the album is where they let them start experimenting a little bit. And I like the second half of this record a lot more than the first. Yeah, I think it does get better. Like when uh, I think easier to run is kind of the start of the mood change i think you're right i think it you're totally has, right it still has that explosive dramatic chorus it still has scream parts but it's uh, almost like a ballad yeah and then you know it's followed by faint and figure nine which are kind of kind of more the the same of the intro but then breaking the habit uh nobody's listening session is great yeah session is yeah, i love that song it is really ballsy to for a new metal band to do an instrumental song. Yeah, and like a DJ led, uh, it, it might just solely be the DJ doing this song. And and like, I we need to take a second to talk about the DJ because <laughs> what do you have to say about the DJ? I mean, it is one of the best uses of a DJ that I've ever heard on an album. I totally agree. I I think between the only other band that i think does it as well is incubus man i I didn't even i forgot they had a dj (laughs) right because he blends really seamlessly in with the music and i felt like um the dj just like of this for lincoln park just he he does exactly what he should be doing and it's almost like everything that he does legitimately adds to the songs yeah it doesn't it doesn't distract you or kind of take away from anything else and I, I read on, I think it was Wikipedia when they were talking about this album that for all the DJ stuff, they tried to get things that would kind of turn your head and keep you paying attention. Uh, some stuff you might, you know, never have really heard. And they do that. It's it's mostly in the intros that you hear these these parts. Yeah. And then they, you know, make appearances throughout the song. 
like on faint, right? That kind of like main. Yeah, that great string sample. I don't even know what it is, but it's so yeah, good. I have no idea, but it's it's fantastic and it leads the song. And yeah, man, like other DJs and other bands, like Slipknot, they had it. Their DJ did a lot on the first album and that was about it through that the was entire about history. It. Yeah. It's weird how much that first record stands out compared to the other stuff. The DJ was way more heavily in the mix <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't as good in my opinion. Like I'm glad that they kind of put him a little bit more in the back because I, th- I thought it took away from the songs. It was distracting. The, some of the oh, stuff I he was loved doing. it. I, I mean, honestly, I like it too because I just love that era of music. Like that's what I mean. Like, the, the DJ for Incubus is like, he adds so much to it that I love, but I did feel like the Slipknot guy was just like, it was too much. Cause I got more into Slipknot around like Iowa and uh, subliminal verses and stuff. So like going back to their first record, I was just like, Whoa, it's weird to hear how much of a DJ they had on there. Right. I'm just like, Ugh, like yeah. I don't think of Slipknot as new metal. And then I listened to that first record. I'm like, Oh God, it's so fucking new metal. <laughs> It's just the heaviest new metal that had come out by that point. Right. And yeah, man, the DJ adds a lot, dude. And yeah. and honestly, I've, cause I, it's been so long since I've listened to Lincoln park, like at least 15 fucking years. And I forgot how much I love their guitar tone. Yes. that That's uh. another fantastic thing about this band in this record is, is the guitars. And you, you don't realize how many riffs these guys have. You yeah. Know? Like, like you go through about every song and there's like at least one iconic riff. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, man. And like I mean, during the, the bridge of faint, the yes. like, and uh, even, even during like breaking the habit it was like, yeah, his guitar like, part is really cool on that the guitar work is fantastic and the tone is just meaty and thick and it def it like fills out all the space they need. It's yeah, it's really juiced. It reminds me a lot of the guitar tone for the the guy from seven dust. I don't know if you ever listened to them. I haven't very similar, like blending in a lot of like instrumental or not instrumental, sorry, like uh, industrial type of influence like there's a lot of like industrial influence i feel like on his guitar tone Mm. and uh i always thought it was so cool just minus the tone minus how great his riffs are and everything like i thought it was so cool that he would wear headphones (laughs) when he played and i never understood why yeah He, he had the big old bushy afro if i remember correctly oh i don't remember oh man but I, I just never understood why he wore headphones, and I thought it was the coolest look. It was I I literally I think it was just a look, man. I think it was yeah. just his style. It, what it, what uh, what he said in an interview was that it was uh, they're not headphones that they actually like just they're just noise canceling. Oh, so really? he like he just re- yeah he was just really worried about losing his hearing, so he would wear it on stage for noise canceling. And uh, and he said he just kind of became his look. You never heard of uh, earplugs? That's yeah. I think it was just the look, man. Like yeah, Lincoln Park had the fucking new metal look down, right? And when you get further into the industry, you'll find like 
they have in-ears that are also noise-canceling. Right. So I'm sure he could have just used those, but at that point, it was just it was just his style. It was his, it was, like... People thing. loved it. He looked... I loved it. As a fan of Linkin Park, like, seeing him in the, in the videos wearing those headphones, I thought, like, was so fucking cool. Yeah. yeah Dude, I, I can't believe this record... It has sold over like 27 million copies worldwide. It went seven times platinum, and oh, man. it's it sold over 800 thousand in the first week. Like those numbers are like unheard of now. Like this album was fucking huge. Yeah, man. Yeah. And critics said that they like it, critics seemed to rate it pretty, like review it pretty positively, but also said it was like it was too much like hybrid theory, which I don't agree. Like when this album came out, like it sounded so different from hybrid theory, which is that ma- it made me like it a lot. I mean, I've hybrid hybrid theory is kind of its own thing. And I, I get a lot of the music stylings uh, uh, are kind of the same. A lot of the songs share the same mood, but like the production value on this album is through the roof. Light years ahead. Uh, They went, you know they they went in a, a little experimental with with more of their songs it, it, not maybe experimental but they reached out into other other stuff that i don't think they touched on in in hybrid kind of more yeah. rap based very very things. rap forward yeah. yeah almost to the point like we like we were saying earlier where it's like this is a a Mike Shinoda record with Chester singing hooks and i mean even the drummer is in on the hip hop thing like right. half the songs he's just playing a hip hop beat yeah and i i love how they use like the beautiful blending of electronic and acoustic drums throughout this record yeah you know really they really well balanced they know exactly like where to put them where to have like just electronic or just acoustic or a little of both you know, and the drummer is good, man. Yeah, he's deceivingly good. Mm-hmm. I'd say like, he's kind of he's a. I feel like he's a little hobbled sometimes, like <laughs> just because of the style of music that they're writing. You know, he's well, going to sure. do the, the four four beat, the classic hi hat snare stuff for the for the verses and stuff. But you can tell when he he has little moments where you're just like, oh, this guy's fucking legit. Yeah, it was like the ending to one of the songs had this weird, cool fill that I never really noticed before. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I don't know. It was just odd. Uh, I wish I remember what song it was. Yeah. I wish you did too. Uh, Um, Honestly, like the songs that stood out to me the most were the ones that were what you would consider like out of their norm for, for like a Lincoln park song. And those were no big surprise. The ones that it felt like the drummer had the most freedom to kind of do whatever he wanted. And they were mm. really great drum tracks, the ones that you know my choice nuggies. Your cho- little your little nugs. Yeah, my little chicken nugs. <laughs> my my like the it it every it, I don't think it's a surprise that it's like the songs that I like the most are the ones that sound the least like Lincoln Park. <laughs> when you think of Lincoln Park, like I'm just I'm like man, those they just stand out so much to me. And but I gotta I gotta admit, like, and I know I'm kind of bouncing all around here um that i you know i'm not a big fan of shinoda's lyrics no i think he's like man i hate to say basic well yes <laughs> that's 
Ooh, okay, so it's it's at the end of Easier to Run is when that drum fill happens. Oh, okay. Let me, uh, let me pop that Sorry, on. I just found it. No, you're um, good. Uh, where he kind of does a little... He kind of does a little thing on the toms, and he goes to the hi-hat a little bit as well. Which yeah. makes everything move that I'm made of wood. He just does it once, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's just not something you would really notice unless you're listening for it. Uh, but yeah, Shinoda, that's kind of what I was saying when when the lyrics are very vague. It may be to a fault, but yeah, uh, them being that vague and that basic makes it even that much more relatable to people. Which right, I like accessible. It's, it's why those verses are so like iconic to people and I found I like I tried I tried to listen to this album and I found I was just singing the lyrics the entire time. <laughs> All the songs are so catchy. Yeah. Like this is a crazy radio friendly album for being such a heavy rock record. Yeah. It's it's got that perfect blend of pop and rock metal uh new new the new new metal the new because like some of the riffs in here are like hardcore yeah you know especially like in the bridges i mean we keep talking uh, faint just stands out to me so much right yeah so fucking heavy and that was a single like that was a huge fucking single yeah <laughs> and it's yeah, it's impressive that you can write such a heavy album and be so accessible for so many people. Yeah, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a once because it, it, they they did it a little in Hybrid Theory and Minutes to Midnight, which I think is what their next record was. Yeah, that one's the one that they had like the Transformers song, right? No. Oh, that, I think that was the album after that. Oh, okay. Man. Uh, but they had like things like given up and uh crap let me let me let me find that little album because i i did that was the first album that i'd ever bought myself like the first cd i've ever bought was minutes to midnight by lincoln park wow no shit given out given up uh bleed it out what i've done yeah see i don't know any of these songs you know what i've done start again Nope. nope. Dang. Yeah. I, I've literally never heard that record. I mean, literally anything past that, I have not heard at all. I've heard, like, they did a Transformers song. They did, like, they for Hunting Party, I think they did some some other movie song. I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, oh, I think they had a song on The Matrix Reloaded. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. The Matrix always had really good new metal uh, soundtracks, man. <laughs> like Raging as the Machine was on their on the first Matrix soundtrack. It was awesome, man. It's been very long time since I've seen any of those movies. Uh, you should rewatch them. They hold up. They're fucking great. Still, there there's actually a theory online. I don't know if you've heard of this, but that yes, the entire I think I have <laughs> the Matrix trilogy is about. Uh, being trans and you know it's a really interesting theory but I don't believe it well I think the only reason it's been 
so many people are talking about it is because the the two uh, people that made the movies are trans. Yeah, right. Like, they it's, came out. Isn't that crazy? Like, two uh, brothers that are now sisters? Like, yeah. What are the chances that both of them are trans? <laughs> right? That's So that, I think that lends a lot of, like, credibility to the theory, but I still don't think it was. I mean, they, it's, they haven't come out and said it, right? I I don't know. I haven't I haven't kept up with the most recent Matrix theories myself. I don't think the Wachowski sisters have have confirmed, which is what makes me like. I feel like if it if it was true, they obviously they've heard the theory, and if it was true, I think they would have said that it was true. Ah well. In any ah, case, well. anyway, you should watch them. And the Matrix had great soundtracks. I remember listening to the Matrix soundtrack at my friend's like fifth grade birthday party. And it was like <laughs> Marilyn Manson and Rage Against the Machine. And oh man, Tool I think was on there, and it was like fucking great, um, dude. Yeah, and I I totally forgot like coming back to this record and just Lincoln Park in general. I totally forgot that they had a fucking collab record with Jay Z. Yeah, I believe that came right after this record. Right after yeah. Meteora is when they did, um, like a mashup. Yeah, they it was it was like a collection of four or six songs, if I remember correctly. Let me let me try to figure this out while I'm talking about it with Jay Z. Yeah. I think where, it was like one was like Jigga, uh, yeah, with uh, like one of their songs mixed in. And I remember watching their live performance on MTV and thinking it was so cool. Collision Course is what the Collision uh, Course what it's called. It's a collection of six songs where they combine uh, both their songs to kind of like, you know, they'd either play a Linkin Park song to Jay Z music or Jay Z lyrics to a Linkin Park song. You know, that's that was usually the formula of it. And I believe Jay Z recorded one original verse and Shinoda recorded a couple original verses. Oh, that's cool. For this album. And they performed it live like one or two times. I, the, the live it. performance was really cool. Oh, yeah. It was great. I yeah. love how uh, <laughs> there will be times when like Chester is screaming and Jay-Z will just look at him like, oh, holy shit. What, what was that? <laughs> Dude, I thought it was so cool even back then, but that even more now thinking about it, that like that must have felt like a huge like props given from Jay-Z that he wanted to do this with them. Right. Like how much respect he had for them as like artists to be like, I want to collab with these fucking guys. Like how huge is that? Yeah. I don't like, I don't know how it happened, man. Cause like, I, I wonder if it was a record label thing or it was one of them approaching the other. Cause I thought it was, it was surprising back then and even more surprising now. <laughs> I'd like to think it was maybe Shinoda going to Jay-Z saying like, Hey man, maybe do this cool little thing. And I, and I believe that uh, their version of, like, Numb Encore was an even bigger hit than Numb was. I remember the, those songs, at least two of them, being on the radio a lot. Like, they were big, man. And I remember hearing them on, the, on rap radio. Yeah. Like, that album was big, dude. It was a big fucking deal. Because that's, what, it, that's it when, might... like, they, those, both, both of those guys were at, like, the, the, their peaks at that time. Yeah, it it honestly might be one of the more successful collaborative like records ever made. You know, be between two superstar artists like that. I don't think anyone's 
no one's really tried to do anything like that since. I can't remember anything like that since, except you know, like some there are rappers still on some rap on some rock tracks, you know, like even Machine Gun Kelly like rapped on a on like well, a, some like really heavy bands track a few years ago. I mean, yeah, sure, there are like features and stuff, but yeah, to have a whole record, right? Like I haven't seen that since. Yeah, to whole, have a whole six song like EP of y'all kind of s- swap and spit, you know. Lock and yeah. lips and swap yeah. and spit. Dude, I want more bands to swap spit, man. <laughs> I want more collabs, like, like more super groups. Uh, what was it? Uh, it was like Public Enemy and uh, oh, uh, Cypress Hill and uh, and the dudes from Rage Against the Machine. Well, it was that too. Uh, it was like Public Enemy and Anthrax, I think. Oh, terrible! Terrible! So bad. I mean, I, I hated it. <laughs> bring the bring the noise. It, I hated it. Uh, but yeah, that was one of the first instances. Well, you know, think about like Run DMC and Aerosmith. Yeah, dude, I hear that song so much at Amazon. I'm sick of it. It's so bad. Uh, but then also, Corn had like a lot of relationships with rappers like Mac Ten and Ice Cube, and uh, f- a few of those like bigger rappers back then were on like some Corn tracks. Hmm. Uh, I think remix tracks. The I, Ice Cube might have been on one of the tracks from Follow the Leader, but uh, so I'm looking up the the Collision Course stuff, and it was Jay Z reaching out to Shinoda. Really? Yeah. So, uh, basically, MTV had a show called Mashups, which I totally don't remember at all. I'm gonna look it up because I wonder if there are any better ones or good ones uh, other than this. But it was like basically MTV reached out to Jay Z, and they were like. You can pick whatever group or artist that you want to mash up with, and we'll let you guys like we'll we'll record the record for you. And he fucking picked Lincoln Park. Dang. And so like they were first going through emails, kind of emailing each other back and forth. He asked Jay Z asked Shinoda to start experimenting with like mixing the tracks and then sending some examples to Jay Z to be like, "What do you think? Will this actually work?" And then they were like, "Yep, this works perfectly." <laughs> and I, I'd like uh, yeah. to watch that show too. See see who else was on there. I know, right? Like I don't remember that show at all. What was it called again? Mashups. Mashups. Yeah. All right. And there's not there's not even a fucking uh, Wikipedia page for it. Hmm. So I don't know how much they actually did, but uh, I didn't realize too that the band all re-recorded their their tracks and all the vocals for the for the Collision Course record. It's not Did like they he just took the stems and, and put Jay-Z over them. Like, they were they re-recorded everything what? to make it work. Yeah, the entire album was put together in four days. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, God. It, and it's, you know, it wasn't, like, not everyone liked it, but, uh, like, The Guardian fucking gave it one star. Like, they hated it. Rolling what? Stone gave it. Rolling Stone gave it two stars. Oh, boo. Yeah, but then, like, you know, I think the best rating they got was from, uh, like, a hip-hop review and, like, the all the rap review um, magazines and sites liked it and all the, you know, the ones that typically do, like, rock music, like, all right. hated it. Right, Yeah. I think Spin gave it the best rating out of all those and they gave it, like, a three and a half out of five. Sheesh. You know, but it's also, like, those those uh, r- reviewers also didn't like Linkin Park in general, you know? So sure. like they 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 were gonna shit on it anyway just because it's Lincoln Park, right? But yeah, I remember that being really really cool and just thinking like what a 
what an amazing feeling that must have been for Linkin Park to be like, fucking Jay-Z wants to work with us. Like, H2 right. the Izzo and Big Pimpin' and Jigga and all these, like, huge singles that he had out that time. And he was like, I, like picking Linkin Park must have been such a huge compliment. I, I couldn't imagine that happening to me, man. I don't know what. I'd, I'd probably reject him. I'd be like, no, I'm not good enough for you. <laughs> right? I would have had, like, major imposter syndrome. <laughs> Be like, are you sure you don't want to talk to Limp Biscuit? <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, I'm sure I don't want to talk. Yeah, Jay Z's. I'm really fucking sure I don't want to talk to the Nookie guys. <laughs> uh, so let's let's get into our nugs, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, what were what were yours? Uh, well, as I said earlier in the episode, uh, breaking the habit is yeah. my first Nar Nug. That's my favorite song on the record. Might be, it's honestly one of my favorite songs ever uh, wow holy I just, shit i just have a very special i don't know it, it was like i was just getting into music you know and this song was very pivotal to me uh i love the whole vibe of it i love the little little dj part the, the guitar yeah. riff uh it's so emotional and like very very exposed and vulnerable lyrics. Yeah, it feels like the most personal um, yeah. on the record, for sure. That one and Nobody's Listening, I feel like, are the two most personal songs on the album. Yeah, and uh, I didn't know this, but apparently Mike Shinoda wrote this. And he, wrote, he wrote all the lyrics? Yeah. He wrote it about oh, a wow. friend. Uh, but even then, Chester, it took Chester a long time to be able to perform it live because he related so much to it yeah it's it's very he sings it so amazingly like yeah. you can tell he's really feeling it i mean you can tell he's he has so much emotion in his voice anyway like on all the tracks but like this one did it stands out on the record yeah it's and it's 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 both very kind of miserable but also hopeful yeah, you I think, think of, you think about that. It's hard to be miserable with that drums, with that drum part, <laughs> right? And and like the the glitchiness that kind of pervades through the song, yeah, is another cool part of it. And the drums are kind of spazzy at times, but they have that great. It's almost like that uh, that Powerpuff Girls <laughs> drum part, <laughs> kind of the Amen <laughs> break. Yeah, it's very like uh, EDM house and, sounding but it's so good and now that i'm listening to it it might be one of the only songs on the album that doesn't have like distorted guitars in the chorus it, it doesn't it is the it is the least heavy song on it's, the whole record he's just playing that yeah and it's mostly like synths. a lot of synth strings right and like really beautiful string parts right yeah it's very it's very cinematic dude i literally wrote right here that it is a movie trailer song <laughs> like this is this is made to be in a movie like in a really cool dramatic you know montage scene or something right yeah it is really really cinematic very theatrical and like it feels big yeah it's it's big it, it feels important it feels it's just it's just a great song man i've always loved it and have you seen the uh music video for it no i haven't oh man it's a it's like an anime music video. It's very oh, dramatic cool. looking. 
Uh, it's very cool. I always associate it with whenever I uh, listen to the song. Uh, I'm definitely going to watch that. Um, I I felt like uh, these guys lended themselves so well to like the Animatrix style of yeah. animation. Uh huh. It, it seemed like that was kind of their motif. Like when you look at like reanimated, um, that's well, the kind of style. It's like this mech anime style. I, I guess it kind of makes sense because Shinoda comes from an an Asian upbringing. I can't say what. Right. Uh, but I, his middle name is like, it's like Mike Kunjiro Sh- uh, Shinoda or something. I was going to say Shinoda sounds Japanese. Yeah, it, it, I think it is. I think it is Japanese, but I don't want to say anything. Uh, Mike Michael Kenji Shinoda. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he he was born in L.A., uh, but you can obviously tell that he is a lot of like, because even even on like nobody's listening, like it kind of has that that Japanese flute. Oh, part I that's love going that the pan flute. Oh, I love it so much. Yeah, man, I love it too. It's oh man the 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 chorus of breaking that habit is just so fucking catchy, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I'm fighting for. Why, why I have to, I have to scream. scream? I don't know why I instigate. Okay. Say I what say I don't, I don't mean. mean. Uh, oh, it's so so good and and so relatable. It's it's great, man. Everything about that song is good. Yeah, I I love it. I'm I'm in love with that song. And it's I, it's one of my favorites too. I I'll. I, I it's I don't want to I don't want to say it's my one of my nugs because I haven't decided yet, but uh, it is one of my favorites on the record. And it's dude Chester Chester needs to fucking sing every single goddamn song. <laughs> Shinoda needs to have a rap verse, or maybe they switch off verses, you know, or they kind of go back and forth like like BC Boys style, where like Chester sings a line and Shinoda raps the next line or something. Like I would love to hear that more because. What? They do yes. that constantly. They, they don't switch back and forth like that. I on mean, these, maybe not on these that songs. Much. It's like one of them singing the chorus, one of them singing the verses, and and it's that's basically it. That's the formula. There, I mean, there are times like in Numb, where like Chester's singing, and you know, another mistake to got caught in the undertow, got caught yeah. in the undertow. They There's a lot of little enough. stuff like that. They don't do it enough, in my opinion. And I love this song because it's all Chester. Yeah. And and how and, it just builds. By, by the time you get to the second or third chorus, you have the, all the strings playing. The guitar almost sounds like it's turned up. You know, the drums don't let up the whole fucking song. It, it's great. And, man, it is, it is really tough for me to pick a second one. Because, like, that's my obvious first one, just because of, like sentiment mainly and also just because i it's my favorite song on the album yeah but like oh god I, i'm kind of still going through them because i'm thinking hit the floor is a great one it goes so hard the entire time it does uh, uh, i love that faint obviously is a fantastic song numb yeah. figure no Oh, Numb has the has the unfortunate like I don't really like it that much anymore because of how huge that song was. Right, I've, I've heard it too many times at this point, but it's yeah. a great song. It was kind of everywhere at the time. Dude, hit the floor! That opening 
that guitar tone that it's like the like, dirtiest grimiest guitar tone it reminds me a lot of cold chamber yeah like their tone and that fucking that's a head bobber riff dude and when they come in with the music it's like one minute you're on top this is not mr shot it's making a hot stop so catchy it's basically a rap song played by a, a metal band dude oh it's so God. fucking good do you uh, do you have I, your narnugs dude i mean yeah i can i can get started at least because i also had trouble picking them man like because the the songs that i like on this record and it's not all of them the ones that i like i love right. and so it was re- it's it is hard to pick two choice nugs for me but i think an easy one is faint right that that was like the first song in the record that i was just like uh just that it's like the opening string part with the the, the yeah like drum, with those drums and, and the way the guitar comes in and it's like the song busts out it has a great riff yeah it, it's got everything going for it it has some of the best like shinoda lyrics on the on the album too yeah yeah and this is probably the one of the rap verses that i know the best just because it was a single and it was on the radio and stuff but probably. it's it's legit like legit great lyrics great delivery Shinoda yeah. has a Shinoda has a great voice. Like his his delivery is is great. It, it's like laid back, but like works so well for the the energy of the music that he's you know featured on. I I have a theory that every white person who raps starts off with the Mike Shinoda flow. Yeah, right. <laughs> like a laid back, like kind of monotone, almost. Kind of like I am a little bone to know, a little unconfident. Like c- trying to put that little swagger in there. Yeah. You know? I, but I think that's kind of why it sounds a little basic to me sometimes because so many people have ripped it off. Yeah, it could be that. But uh, uh, I mean, I love the drum part during the verses too. Just like, I don't even know. It's just like that. Just like such good energy, just driving the whole song. The The chorus is, is really catchy. Chester's fucking scream is great. Yeah. And we've oh, already God. mentioned the bridge. Yeah, that we've mentioned the bridge countless times, but <laughs> it goes so hard. And that there's that little riff, like dude. there's that little synth in the back that's kind of like Duh! Yeah, that's it it's very subtle but so good. But it like adds a lot. And then the scratch ah, I can't feel Oh, man. oh Just, man. No. this dude this dude's screaming is top notch man incredible dude that that is one of the best bridges of any fucking new metal song for me i mean it, it just gets so raw and dirty and you know? and again like riffage to the max dude like riff salad on this song riff salad dude you gotta make sure to eat your fucking greens buddy and this one's got riff salad all over it this whole album is fucking riff salad. It's great, man. So like faint, clear, clear fucking choice yep. note for me. Um, and honestly, I have, I've, I'm still struggling between breaking the habit and nobody's listening. 
um, I love Breaking the Habit. And it's such a standout song because of how different it is on the record. No distorted guitars. It's all Chester the whole time. There's a lot to love about Breaking the Habit. But I gotta... If I'm, if I'm listening to my heart, it's got to be nobody's listening, man. Is it is it just that like pan flute? The pan flute is so awesome. The drums are weird. Their drums are weird on this record. It almost sounds like he's like hitting one of those like marching band uh, bass drums, just like right. boom, 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 boom. Like so, they're so big. But then you have that snare that's like really compressed and affected. The yeah. the drums are fucking it, weird. It kind of has a weird factory, but like like a small room in a factory type of sound. Yeah, it's like it's like metallic, and yeah. it's so weird and different and great. It, the drums are the however they fucking produce those drums on that record is so good. It almost sounds like to be honest, like a Fort Minor song, which I don't know if you ever listen to Fort Minor. Well, yeah, that is uh, Mike Shinoda's other band. Like full-on rap uh, project. Yeah, right. And uh, honestly, I, I like a few of their songs, or I did when I first heard them, and this sounds like straight-up Fort Minor. Well, that um, makes sense. Right, yeah. I mean, it's this is a Shinoda song, like for sure. And great, he, he, again, like a song with like really great lyrics. Um, I, and it has my favorite line of any track on the record. Yeah. Yeah. The line where he goes, I hate my rhymes, but I hate everyone else's more. Yeah. Th- I love how <sighs> they kind of drop the beat for that. Gives it a it's little more It's so impact. good. That, yeah, dude. That was so genius to like, that line hits so fucking hard and it's just such a great shit talking line, but it's still self deprecating. And he's just like, I hate me, but I hate you guys more. It's just like, <laughs> uh, like that's what keeps him going. And it's yeah. cool because the, the song is about um, them being ignored, you know, like as a band, like not getting the, the, the respect that they feel like they deserve. Right. And, you know, because, well, even for their first album, they had a pretty new sound. Yeah, uh, they did. Very aggressive. But the way the way rock magazines and communities were, I'm sure they did not appreciate the Met, men, meshing of styles with like electronic and hip hop and rap and and mm-hmm. rock and like metal industrial mixed industrial. in there yeah. so i i bet in that regard like yeah they were getting a lot of flack i mean rap rock to critics at this time was a fucking joke but i th- i feel like linkin park even though they have so much rap rock in their sound like they um they're a a they're above that. They surpass being just in the rap rock genre. Yeah. Um, and just bringing it back to nobody's listening. Like how cool is that chorus guitar? Just palm muted. Yeah. Just matching the fucking bass hit, the bass drum hits. And I, and I love how the, that outro is coming at you from every sound. Yeah, dude. Like it's so so I mean, cool. It is them putting their their fucking flag in the ground, just being like, like you guys might fucking hate us, but we're not fucking going anywhere. And 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 they're just like they're so sticking so true to their sound. I feel like that song is so ballsy, 
and it works so well and it shouldn't. The yeah. pan flute sample, the drums, the guitar, it none of it should work together and it does so fucking well. And the the chorus is super super catchy. Trying to give you everyone ignores me. So yeah. catchy, so good. I used to sing that uh Head full of anger, head full of stress, heart head full of help in my chest. I used to sing that all the time. Like those are great lines, man. And and a little kind of like little thing that I never noticed before until I re-listened to this a lot was the auxiliary percussion. This little auxiliary percussion during the second verse that is really cool. That's a no bad. You can kind of hear this like oh, little, kind of, boop, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, this is just one of those albums you go back and you find something new, you know. Yeah, it's. I don't know if he's like hitting like uh, wood blocks or like. It's like it sounds like a wood block slash bongo type of thing. I, yeah, I thought it was a bongo at first, and now I'm listening to it again. I'm like, that might be wood blocks, or maybe it's both or something. But like, really nice touch. And I mean, if the pan flute sample wasn't enough, add the fucking drums to it. If that's not enough yeah. for me to love it, add that fucking badass guitar part in the chorus where it's just like, I'm only going to play a fucking palm muted. Dun, 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 dun. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> Chester's fucking lyrics and, and singing during the chorus is just so catchy and so like, so fucking fun to sing along with. And then Shinoda has that, yeah, head full of anger, head full of stress heart full of whatever that it's like he repeats it several times it's like because you know it's fucking good yeah and and especially when he's kind of like trading off with chester at the end yeah nobody's listening that full of anger held in my shit nobody's listening that's such a uh man and i wish i remembered which track it was um where you can hear a lot of really great producer what i assume are producer decisions like, man, I wish I could remember what song it was that it ends with like every the verse, the chorus and the bridge are all being sang at the same time. And it's all Chester's lines. Oh, goodness. And they all just work really well. And to me, it just sounds like, oh, good. A fucking garbage truck passing by while I'm recording <laughs> the podcast. Um, it's just so to me, I was like that has to be a producer note where he's just listening to it and be like, Oh man, I think that line would actually work with the same fucking part. It's like, they all work melodically on that outro and it's just so great. But yeah, man, um, nobody's listening has to be my second nug. And I, and I gotta be honest. It was really hard to choose between nobody's listening, faint, breaking the habit and easier to run. Yeah. I love easier to run. I mean, man, for me, for me, I love every single song on this album. There's not a single, there's not a single song I'd even slightly dislike on this album. I know, I know there are a couple you said that could, you know, a couple uh, flyovers for me, little flyovers, but yeah, specifically, uh, figure, figure Oh nine. And from the inside, like those uh, two songs just kind of lost me. Man, well, I, I finally figured out my nug. Uh, it was between figure 09 and numb, uh, but I ultimately I'm choosing hit the floor. 
Hit the floor is is a fucking banger, dude. Just because it goes so hard. I love that intro riff. I love how it comes in. It's like probably the most like headbang thrashy mosh song on the album. So grooving too, man. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, comes in. And like, I like the cool vocals of Mike in the verse. And yeah, then he has great delivery. And chorus. And it's like the most, you know, one minute Mr. Nine, Mr. Shot. Oh, yeah, it, it's great. This song also has one of my favorite moments in, in music, uh, which is the very end of it when they're kind of doing that riff for the last time, like right after the chorus, and it's all got in it, you know, and it's kind of glitchy. Yeah. And like things are coming in and out. Like that was such a cool ending to me. Man, the guitar is like, seems like extra dirty on the whole song. Too. Oh yeah, for sure. Extra gritty, like staticky. Uh, it's, it is a great, song man and it's one that like i remember uh not liking it at when it when i first heard the record dang yeah it was it was too much too hip-hop for me at the time and uh and i wasn't really into hip-hop like you know 2003 i was like yeah 16 i, I wasn't that into hip-hop at the time but uh going back it's like just the chorus alone like hits so fucking hard oh, that i'm like God. it's hard it's hard not to like the song yeah and that that guitar riff and that yeah the the kick doing the same dun, 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 like on like that little like post chorus or pre-verse or whatever you want to call it mm. it's great yeah hit the floor is a great one man yeah and uh, I, I love it it really is the most on the record the most hip-hop song i think like even though like nobody's listening like is a is a rap song i feel like Hit the floor is the best example of of uh, a metal band playing a hip hop track because nobody's listening is just a, a fucking. I mean rap that's song. just a rap track. Yeah, that's just a rap song with distorted <laughs> palm muted guitar in the chorus. Um, this one is the most like rap metal, and it's so well done. Right. Yeah. Even the melody and it's all gone. Like it's, yeah, in the harmonies. I mean, the harmonies the throughout harmonies this are album cool. are fantastic. Yeah, dude, I feel like it's Chester, right? He's doing all of it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. it's all Chester. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in in just the little things, like the little atmospheric things, the DJ does in the verses of this song are cool as well. Like there's the, just like it, beeping and dee, 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 and then go 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 go. You know? Yeah, I was gonna say during the chorus of "Hit the Floor," he's just doing that. Dee, 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 little sound that just you don't notice it if you're not paying attention and then you realize yeah. how, how much it adds to it yeah it's great uh, man so those well, are my hit the floor and breaking the habit are my nar nugs and and i i want to i want to introduce a new segment to the oh, show great. that i'd completely forgot to bring up to you beforehand <laughs> that i okay. only just remembered okay uh it's, I don't have a name for this segment. Uh, we could edit this out if you don't think it's a good idea. But I'd like for us to kind of like fight each fight for a song that should be like the song that people who want to get sold on this album have to listen to. Oh, I like that. 
right? I like that a lot. And so it might not be the best song. It might be the most accessible song, you mm. know? But, like, which one is the one that is going to win people over for this album in this band? Man, it's. I would think it's either Hit the Floor or Faint. You think Hit the Floor? I think, honestly, because it's, it's uh, heavy as fuck. It's very rap, um, le- like, leaning. But it's fucking heavy, man. So, like, someone who doesn't like rap metal might like hit the floor a lot and that might be the, the what gets them into lincoln park you know right but that's why faint kind of stood out to me also for that because just again it's like the, one of the heaviest songs on the record some of the gr- best lyrics by shinoda and like best delivery and uh and the bridge is just and if that bridge doesn't sell you on lincoln park then i don't know what will <laughs> to be honest so i would think faint honestly uh, well, I'm gonna throw my I'm gonna throw my cap in the ring for somewhere I belong, actually. Okay. Uh, just because this is, I think this displays what Lincoln Park has, uh, for people who might not be so much into new metal. Uh, it it has an interesting intro with that but down down and it still goes hard. Uh, the lyrics are about it's, kind of like finding your place in this world and like, you know, I thought my problems were my own, but I, I found I can actually share them with people. I think those are very, uh, those could be very special lyrics to someone who feels alone. Uh, a good verse from Shinoda, a fantastic chorus from yeah. Chester. I want to heal, want to feel like a close to something real. I would definitely say it's the most Linkin Park-ish song out of the ones that we've mentioned so far. <laughs> you know? Like, I feel like Hit the Floor and uh, Faint don't give you the full, the the true Linkin Park experience, and I think this one does. Mm. More mid-tempo, uh, a little more open, a little slower. But then you have you have the great, yeah, you have the catchy chorus the great vocals by chester you still have the distorted guitars yeah you know and that that bridge is pretty cool i will never know thing to i do this on my own and i will never super catchy what a great melody yeah i'm with you man i i agree somewhere i belong i think is the one that will give you the 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 closest to a Linkin Park song that you can get out of the ones that we mentioned. All right. So y'all, if you, if you want, if you only have time for one song, uh, listen to somewhere I belong, please just listen to the album. Please listen to the whole album. It's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I love, uh, listening to you be so passionate about a record and it's just reminds me of the ones that we've talked about so far that are nostalgic for me. I can tell this is really nostalgic for you. Yeah, and it's, man. it's cool to, to hear like how much this album means to you. Yeah. And I actually got up at like a, I went to sleep at a reasonable time last night. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not dead on the dead in this seat. Yeah. I'm energized. <laughs> like we were, uh, we were driving to pinballs yesterday. Uh, like a little arcade for my birthday, a little birthday celebration. We were listening to this album and Lily and I were just like, screaming and like head banging along the whole time and it was just like a very very cool experience 
That's that's so cool, man. That's the best. That's my favorite part of music. Like, I think I've said it before, but to me, music is the is the only one of the best forms of time travel that we have right now. Right. And it really does take you right back to where you were, man. When you first heard it, you have probably so many memories tied to this record. And it's just so fun to hear you talk about it. (laughs) It's been, it's I've, I've had a lot of fun listening to you talk about this record. Like just the, the story of you, you know, listening to it on the way to fucking elementary school with your dad is just so fucking great, (laughs) man. I love it. Yeah, man. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that, uh, we were we were able to finally get it on the podcast. Me too, man. I think it's uh, it was, I was, to say the least, extremely surprised when I saw this on the list of albums that you wanted to talk about. <laughs> I would I've been really surprised by some of the albums that you've picked. Yeah, I don't know. I've I have a very picky, particular taste, but it's not, it's not exactly tied to any particular sound or, or I was gonna say I don't think it's picky man because you've done everything from brick and mortar to Denzel Curry to fucking kitty and Lincoln Park like you're you're <laughs> all over the place man and it's just a it's so cool to just like you know being like such good friends with you and feeling like I know you pretty fucking well and then still being surprised <laughs> <laughs> by some of your musical influences that has it's been like such a fun thing to do this podcast with you and like I learn mean, this stuff about you yeah man it was the same it was the same with you like when you brought in last week for for no name telephone i like you told me before like yeah my my favorite type of rap is like the braggadocious like right gaudy rap and it was like oh so and then you bring in this jazz rap record with yeah. this soft-spoken hipster you know yeah it's <laughs> it's it, interesting man it's very cool and it, you know and like stuff like coastal kites is not something i think you would have been into but it, it was one of your favorite albums of last year that you heard last year yeah uh, yeah man you know i really don't give a shit if no one listens to this it's it's <laughs> such a it's so fun to do this with you i love it man i love it too and, and you know what i love you man i love you man for real and this is such a fun, like, it's been so fun involving friends with this and, you know, getting like, I'm learning new things about, you know, the friends that we've had on that it's just like, it's so cool to just like music is so personal to people. And yeah, it, it's, it, it is next to movies. It is my favorite thing to talk about. And so it's, it's a really fun process, like doing this and listening to albums I would either never listen to again, or probably have never heard of, or, you know, just like getting out of my comfort zone and, and learning to appreciate music in a lot of different, for a lot of different reasons. It's just been really fun. Um, yeah. And all that, like, I mean, I think obviously like you probably are going to rate this higher than me. I think it, this album means a lot more to you. I would be extremely surprised if you rated higher than me. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think as a new metal record and how well, how well written the songs are and everything. Like I enjoyed this album a lot more than I thought I was going to in the re-listen. So like I would Mm. give it like, I mean a solid like 6.7, 6.8 for me. What were, what were you like your main gripes with the record? Uh, Honestly. And it's, and it sucks because it's, it's no fault to the, to Lincoln park is how many, how overplayed a lot of the tracks are. Oh man. 
you know, like I between hear that. I know, dude, like between somewhere I belong, lying from you, um, and and numb. I mean, those songs were just so huge. Don't stay was like these were huge singles. They had five huge singles uh, from on this record. So it's like I it was just so overplayed and uh, but it's I can still listen to those songs and just appreciate them from an artistry standpoint. So it's like at first I thought I was going to give this like a four or something, a five something, just because like the songs that I, I like, I like a lot and I do genuinely love a few tracks on this record, but it's just such a overplayed just was everywhere at the time when it came out that, you know, it's, I, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much, but uh, that's the only thing it's, it sucks because it's like the album was just too huge. I've heard the songs too many times, uh, but it's all, it got, you know, almost a seven just because, it's just so, you know, despite how like tired I might be of some of the bigger songs on here, it's like, it's still all really fucking good. Hmm. Yeah. So 6.7 with a lot of love. <laughs> 6.7 plus a couple heart points. Yeah. A couple, like I'm doing the, the heart hands right now. <laughs> Are you doing it with your entire hands or with just a couple fingers? I I've tried to do the 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 Japanese one where you're just using your index and thumb, and I still can't figure out how they get it to look. I think I'm, I think my fingers are too fucking fat. Huh. Yeah. You ever I, tried doing that where you just I, kind I of like? No, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen that. Yeah, look it up. Because uh, they they seem to be able to like. I think it's in Japan. Like they do it so well where it legit looks like a little heart. And uh, and I tried doing it. My fingers are just too fat. I just have. My thumb is fucking massive. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your rating? Uh, there was there was a moment of time when I was thinking of giving this a ten. Uh, wow! But yeah, I mean that was when I was in the car and just like jamming out, screaming the song with my best friend. You know, like yeah, dude. And like it, it, looking back critically, like it's still gonna be a very high rating. But a lot of the songs follow the exact same formula. I can see how someone would get tired of them real quick. Sure. Uh, they kind of save all their different songs for the end of the album. Which uh, I, that's why I like the second half a lot more. Yeah. And it, it's an, it's an interesting choice. Um, that being said, I love it so much. I'm going to give it like a 9.8. Honestly. Wow. It's it's completely personal. If yeah. It, if it were like if I were to be completely like objective about it, it would probably be more of a 7 to an 8. But like I just enjoy this album so much and it's such a treat uh to listen to it honestly. Wow, 9.8. I got to say that's the highest rating you've given an album so far. I believe so. Yeah. Wow, dude. I mean, that just shows you how much this album means to you. Like that, that's the like our ratings are totally subjective. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. we're 100% fueled by emotions. It's it's nothing you would find on like a a critique website. <laughs> right, at all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's why we get to fucking say whatever the hell we want and our opinion matters. Yeah, that's why you get to rate Kitty like a 2 point whatever. Right. <laughs> Uh, and, and I get to rate a... Coastal Kites like a f- six point whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Um, 
Wow, 9.8. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, God man. God damn, I... this fucking garbage truck just keeps <laughs> fucking going back and forth down my street. It is infuriating. <laughs> Y'all Jesus got a lot Christ. of trash on your street, man. God, you, would, you wouldn't think so living in fucking San Diego. But I have to have the window open because it feels amazing outside. Yeah, there's there's only one there might be two might be two 10 of 10 out of 10 albums and we're probably not going to talk about them because we well i don't know i don't know well, we might it's like it's delouse in the comatorium and odd soul delouse is by mars volta and odd souls by mute math i haven't like listened to them with like a, am i giving it a 10 mindset yet but odd soul is fucking great though those both those albums are great but that odd, odd soul was my intro to mute math because you you recommended right. it and yeah it's, it is so good man and also i was thinking francis the mute as well but like it's getting like a 9.9 just because those transitions are so long between the songs it literally takes up like half an hour of the album is just like transitions yeah. of ambient noise yeah but then you fucking smoke weed and then you love them <laughs> i guess I do, at least. <laughs> did you did you realize that um, the anniversary of Chester's death was like three days ago? I did not. It was on January. We're recording this on January twenty third, I believe. The anniversary July. of Chester's. Sorry, <laughs> I said January. <laughs> this is an old episode. Uh, yeah, no, J- July twenty third is when we're recording this, and uh, yeah, he he passed away on July twentieth. Wow. So it was his four-year anniversary of his of his passing. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, with with that being brought up, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you did you ever pull up the suicide hotline? I did. You know, I I felt like it would be um, a huge missed opportunity to not mention the suicide prevention hotline. Uh, you know, I've lost a friend to suicide, and it is. I mean, it, it's you know, you can't describe what it feels like to lose someone that way. And if there's anyone that's listening to this that is struggling or feels like they need to talk to someone, um, you know, I understand that the suicide hotline might not be the, the best resource for, for a lot of people, but it's something and it's a start. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you know, the best thing to do would be to get counseling or therapy, but some people right. don't have the money for that. Exactly. Uh, and so and that's, it's a good, it's a good thing resource to have at least it's a, it's a good starting off point at least it's a way to maybe make you feel more comfortable talking about what you're going through and if we don't lose one single more person to suicide uh you know that it's if, if we can at least prevent one more person it's you know it's it's it can't be just des- described it, it's there's no way to, to put value to that and yeah. and uh so if anyone who's listening to this if you guys have if you guys are going through anything, please like the suicide prevention hotline. It's one 273 8255 You know, we don't need to lose anyone else to something that can be 100% prevented and, and right. helped. And, uh, I, I'm sure I speak for both of us when I say, uh, that your friends and your loved ones would do anything to, you know, keep you on this earth and they would love to listen to what you have to say. Yeah. They are there for you. Um, whether you think it or not. And that's another thing, man. It's like, if my friend had only talked to me, 
You know, if if I had only known, I could have done a lot then more to help. Who knows? Who? Yeah, who knows? And um, I, yeah, I, I just want to reiterate, you know, the hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Please reach out to anyone. If it's not the suicide hotline, reach out to a friend, to a family member. People are there to listen. Um, and I, I hate to end it on such a, you know, heavy note, but it's just, you know, talking about Lincoln Park, you talk about Chester. It's not something that should be ignored or, or, or not talked about. Right. And I love that that whole time there was a fucking garbage truck just making as much noise as possible in the background. Hopefully it's not too horrible. Um, <laughs> Brett, what would you... It a very romantic moment. It, it really adds a lot to, uh, to the message. Um, Brett, what would, you, uh, what would you rate this episode, man? I'd rate this episode a 9.8, my man. I love it, man. I'm I feeling would rate great. This, I would rate this a 9.8 too. I think uh, it was really fun to talk about this record and hear how how much you love it. It like nothing gets me more excited than hearing a friend talk about something that they're excited about. So it gets me, it gets me jazzed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man. Um, you know, buddies, thank you so much for listening this. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this record too. Like leave us a comment. Tell us what you guys think. You can find us on Instagram at EBP cast. You can find me at, at John Luke guitar. You can find Brett at Brett Hanrahan with like, 62 uh mm-hmm. use mm-hmm. for some reason i don't know why you put use in there but somehow for some reason uh you just love to fuck everyone's search up yeah i change it every week every week you change your tag yep um and yeah you know give us a give us a follow tell your friends about this podcast and we'd love to hear what you guys think um thank you so much for listening and Brett, I have an idea on what I want to talk on the next record, what I want to talk about. Oh, yeah? What is, what is that, bud? It is kind of an obscure record. I don't know. I literally don't know anyone else that has listened to this without me recommending it. It is a album by it a band called... It is Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. <laughs> it is called Hotel California by a band called the Eagles. <laughs> Eagles? I think it's Eagles. Eagles? I think. I think Enrique Iglesias, I think is what they're called. Uh, it is a band called New Villager, and it's all one word. Um, it is a self-titled album, and uh, I want to make sure that you have access to it. I- I'm not sure if they're on every single oh, platform. Boy. All right. But okay, that is, I would love to talk about that on the next episode. Let me check now. It's called New Villager? New Villager, one word. One word, okay. Yeah, and it's uh, self-titled. came out in 2011 2011 yep i got it right here awesome well then we are talking about that my man all right man hopefully we'll uh i'm sure we're gonna get some guests on soon i think Uh, we will i've been putting out some feelers out there we we're we're finally getting our situations kind of settled in i believe we are i should be getting a desk soon you're getting a new computer soon or you got it today yep um awesome man well Thanks again, buddies. Thanks for listening. This was super fun. Brett. Lucas. <laughs> this was good. This? This was good. And a three. And a three.